0: Welcome back to Memory Jogger on the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Thank you as always for listening as we attempt to jog our memories and run down a few childhood dreams from the 80s and our high school years in the early 90s. This is Jason, your friendly disc jockey, spinning the records with my producer and engineer extraordinaire, Wyatt. How are you, sir?
1: Great, but I think you're more the producer when it comes to our shows, because you're the one that actually does all the production work. I just sit back here. The only production work that I have, and I'll show you guys here, this is what I do.
0: It's not going to let me do it. Sorry.
1: So I have a little mini-mixer beside me that I loop. Basically, I come out of the computer just to come right back in, and that's how I mix mixed okay. up. Jason actually kind of had it right. I like the new nickname that he tried to call me here on the last First Jobs uh, well, our First Jobs podcast and that was Mixmaster WB.
0: Master it's a
1: lot better than what Bob called me when he first met me. It was like the first day or two he called me Wonder Wide. I'm like, what the heck? What the...
0: <laughs> And that stuck! He called me, It's Wonder White! Uh, Come up with a better name. It's like a superhero name, man. I always thought it was cool. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are up to episode 14 of Memory Jogger. And as I alluded to, we are delving back into our early, I'll call it semi-professional careers in radio (laughs) on this episode. And we did do our first jobs episode, which had a lot of radio in there. But Wyatt, who has the photographic memory uh came up with like a 3D model that first time of our old studio at WCPA and WQYX in Clearfield. And uh, he's improved on that, and we've got some other uh, sound clips we're actually going to mix in um, using our screen share here with uh, Skype and uh, some other trinkets and surprises. But uh, I did want to show you one thing before we get started, Wyatt. The reason why I have the camera tilted up, was because, yes, I found my QIX t-shirt. I can't
1: find mine. I'm so jealous.
0: <laughs> I was digging through the uh, the memory box. And I knew I had some t-shirts in there. So I was like, oh, well, I got to find this and put it on.
1: <laughs> I have dug and dug through all of my... I, have, I technically have like three memorabilia boxes.
2: Uh-huh.
1: And I have dug, and I know I still have that. So... Jason was telling us on the first job that he came up with this. So I have wanted a T-shirt. I kept asking Bob, can I get a T-shirt? He said, no, we don't give it to employees. I said, "I I actually, I think I asked him why. Wouldn't it be like cool to have advertising something? And he's like, no, no, it's okay. Jason goes, just before he gets hired, he goes and enters a contest at the little sports Uh, store that we had in the Clearfield Mall.
0: It was like like a clothing store. I can't remember what exactly the name of it was.
1: Right. And he wins a freaking QIX shirt. (laughs) And a little jealous, but whatever. And fast forward, he gets a job at QIX. And he's gloating that he's able to get a T-shirt from freaking QIX as an intern. I'm a paid employee. I can't even get a freaking... (laughs) So... (laughs) <laughs> then, out of the generosity of his heart, he sends me the T-shirt that he won from the contest. Uh, okay,
0: so that's where it went.
1: And now, for the life, of my, I've kept it in a box because I want to precede it. I'm not going to wear it because you know you need to I frame know. it.
0: Should <laughs> <laughs> have, but yeah, I remember there being a message of the store yeah. on the back. Yep. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, we're breaking out all the uh, the memorabilia tonight. And before we get into the episode, I wanted to go through, we actually got some feedback from a couple of different sources. I wanted to go through that, and then I've got one little icebreaker, too, I wanted to throw at you. But uh, as far as feedback goes, this is mainly from our last episode, which was the game show memories. Uh, we had Ken Spaulding, who sent me a message on Facebook. He said, I just wanted to tell you, I love your website and podcast." I think I'm a couple years older than Jason Wyatt, but everything they talk about opens up the nostalgia floodgates. Keep up the great content. So thank you, Ken. Yes. Uh we we're about the same age, Wyatt. You're uh for uh what, two well, nine days out of the year you're two years older than me.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: And then uh so he was born in seventy five, right?
1: That's yeah, that's my year, yeah.
0: Yeah. November 4th, 75, and I was born November 13th, 76. So for those nine days, he's two years older than me. <laughs> so that's that's how old we are, in case you all were wondering. Um Also got some comments, uh well, one from YouTube, Jero Space, who he usually comments on everything that we post, and I appreciate him mm-hmm. uh, tagging along. He says uh, that he did play hooky for the cartoons and the game shows. Uh, when we were talking about that, you know, did we ever play hooky from school? So he admitted to that. So thank you for <laughs> for chiming in about that. And then uh, Bit Geek, who I believe has a podcast, uh, yeah. they said they loved the floppy disk Airwolf theme. Mm-hmm. So that was I'm glad to inject that one into the episode there. And then on Twitter, we had a couple. Well, we had one comment on Twitter, and that was from the Retro Rambler at Yesterdayville, who uh, I've had as a guest on Rankum. He said, uh, "Listening to Memory Jogger got me missing Supermarket Sweep in a bad way." Now you remember Supermarket Sweep?
1: I do. I didn't watch it, but I I remember like
0: singing it like a waiting
1: room or something. It was crazy.
0: They did. uh, If memory serves me correctly they did supermarket sweep and then they did one at a mall. Oh gosh, what was the name of that? Chop to you drop. Yeah. I think they ran those two back to back. And I did like supermarket sweep, that was fun. Again, that was all about getting to that final whatever 2 minutes that they got to just go through the store and tear it apart, you know. They would always run to the huge like hams. Oh yeah. baby formula. And what was the other one that was like the high dollar? Maybe laundry it was soap. the the laundry detergent. Yes. Yeah. The big jugs. Laundry <laughs> soap. Oh, yeah. I, I do remember. That's probably the only time I ever watched Lifetime. There was a there was a <laughs>
1: book that I think with uh, Married with Children. I think it was Al and, and uh, Marcy. Oh, really? Oh. Yeah, it was hilarious because, of course, they're trying to fight, you know. Crouch yeah. Yeah. You got uh, Al Bundy going to
0: his slow-mo. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shop to You Drop was kind of like, it, I think it was almost like uh, like Finders Keepers or something where they had the two levels and there was like a, a, I don't know, four or five stores on each level. Hmm. And they I, I can't remember how that one went. They had little mini games and I think there was some kind of spree at the end of the show like their end game, kind of like what Supermarket Sweep did. But, yes, that was a good one. We did not bring that one up on the show, so I'm glad he added that in. Mm-hmm. And then I did, I don't know if you saw this. I, I think I might have texted it to you. You did. I picked up the Win, Loser, Draw board game for a cents. And almost- I, as far as I can tell, everything is there. I was kind of thumbing through the cards to see what some of the phrases were. I was like, eh, wouldn't I be able to play it today? So, uh, yeah, that was fun. Just, I, I, uh, I laughed when I saw it. I was like, oh my gosh. And I looked at the price and I was like, I'm walking home with it. (laughs) It was like 40% off day and it was two bucks. So, I mean, uh, come on. (laughs) And that was our feedback. So if you guys want to leave us some feedback, go to the website and find our show notes or just, you know, if you watch the video, on YouTube, leave one there. You can tweet us at RD80s, at InfamousWB. That's where you can find it and leave us some feedback. Uh, and then the icebreaker I saw, this was weird. This guy just seemed to pop into my feed. I'm surprised I hadn't seen him before. But he's got a, a website, and then he's got a Instagram, Twitter, and all the social media. I did see him on Instagram first, though. And he goes by 80s then, 80s now. And he supposedly has, like, the world's largest collection of 80s memorabilia. Like, toys, board games, comics, everything.
1: That's awesome.
0: 40,000 pieces in his collection. So, I saw a video. I think it was on Sci-Fi Wire or something like that. Anyway, they interviewed this guy. And they're going through, like, his house. And, I mean, he's just... Some of the pictures that he posts, he's got, like a whole room full of, like, Happy Meal boxes. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, those are, like, old and stuff. Right. Like, you know, 80s, uh, you could, you know, pick those out easily. Just that era of the Happy Meal boxes and everything. And board games, you know, and I was like, oh, my gosh, he has everything. Uh, had you heard anything about this guy before?
1: No, I had no clue about this guy. I'm gonna to have to look him up and, and see what he, basically, yeah. what he has. I I wonder if he's versed enough that that they, he lent a hand to uh, the Goldbergs, just out of curiosity, you know.
0: <laughs> see, that's what he needs to do. He needs to like hook up with the Goldbergs and then, okay, what do you need? You need some Happy Meal boxes and you need some board games or something, you know. <laughs> I'm sure that they have their own like source sure. of getting all that stuff, but that's like a whole museum of. I don't know, just 80s memorabilia. And no, that's was, what he
1: should do, is start up an uh, 80s museum.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I would be the first one in line to buy a ticket. But he was trying to get, like, the Guinness World Record to recognize him, but they were like, well, your collection's too generic. It's not like all comics or all toys or whatever. So that I, I guess he kind of gave up that fight, but... Anyway, go check that out, 80s then, 80s now, pretty much uh, you know, all the social medias and stuff. And just look at some of the pictures that he's posted. It's it's pretty amazing. That's so awesome. did you have anything as far as an icebreaker goes, or are you ready to get into this?
1: I'm ready to get into this. I don't have much for icebreakers. <laughs> I don't keep up on much.
0: Well, how did you want to kind of go through here? Did you want to go through just basically by year and or station or?
1: Trying to do it by station slash okay. so we we both started, of course, at WCPWQAX, mm-hmm. and then you obviously transitioned to your next station, uh, WTXR, and then myself, WINU.
0: Yeah, so that was around. Uh, when did you start again at uh, WCPA? That was
1: ninety three. Nineteen ninety three. Let me. I know well,
0: it's. On, you've got me- the <laughs> you've got the dang contract. But, uh, I've been
1: thinking I could have popped it up, but I wasn't <laughs> planning on it.
0: Well that's fine but yeah and I started uh, I think 94 would have been the summer of 94 I think is when I started there and what um, what shifts do you mainly remember working? did you have us like a regular schedule from week to week or were you just kind of floating all over the place?
1: I started one night a week. It was, uh, I think, the Saturday to Sunday shift, uh, which was like three, no, I'm sorry, six at night till it was a time for it was one o'clock in the morning. And then it moved to 4 a.m., maybe a little bit later. Uh, And I did that once a week. And like I hinted on the first jobs episode, I bragged more so in school that I technically had four jobs in high school because I worked at the gas station, the gas station. But I was a floater at three different stations. So, you know, one night I was working in Clearfoot, one night in Carlsville, one night in Dubois, and the other night, WCPA. So I toted that on my on my back, I'll so call it, that <laughs> I had four jobs. <laughs> um, so let's see what my date was. Six September of 1993. Let me see if I can pop it up for proof.
0: You're coming up on your 25th anniversary here next month.
1: Yeah, (laughs) so yeah, so there's the contract, so 6 September 93, so I just started right as we got into high school, and like you say, I'm not going to recount it, uh, but basically go to the first jobs, you'll hear the whole story, in fact, I didn't realize I told it twice, told it once to Bob, which we'd recorded the day before, and then we recorded the next day, and I still retold the story, and I didn't know (laughs) <laughs> think about it. So I've been listening I, to I, I, I have noticed. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I started there, and I know you had uh, started. I I always thought it was only a couple months after, but I didn't realize it was, like you said, the following summer is about the time you started.
0: I think so, and I don't have <laughs> I don't have any paperwork or anything like you do. But I'm thinking it was it, – I don't know, because it could have been like – Right before we graduated, too, because I remember in my um my senior bio, you know, from the yearbook, I wrote in there that I wanted to be a DJ and go to college, blah, blah, blah. So I don't know if I had the bug before I started there. I would assume it would be after I started there. So maybe it was before I graduated that I actually started doing some shifts on the weekends. But I do know when I got out of school that summer was when I was working the, the afternoon shift from, like, I think I went in at 12 to maybe 6, something like that. 6.30, because it was
1: always after Johnny Hall. 6.30. <laughs>
0: uh, and it might have been a little before 12, because they did the noon news, and I do remember running the board. Actually, no. I remember, no, Bob ran the board for the noon news with John Billy. That's uh, his name he was the uh he was the the other guy that when they went back and forth during the noon news he's Bob the ran all that and I came in right after the noon news, I think probably like twelve fifteen or twelve thirty to uh take over the board and then gene burns and rush Limbaugh for all those hours <laughs> yeah
1: he's the other guy I've been trying to figure out on uh one of our spots well promos is actually what it was mm-hmm. he is. I couldn't figure out who he was. I couldn't remember the name, but I knew he was there just shortly before I left. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> when adverse weather sets in, Operation Snow Watch steps in. Clearfield County's information station will have school closings, meeting cancellations, yes. road conditions,
1: the latest weather to help you make it through another central Pennsylvania winter. Stay with 900 CPA for Operation Snow Watch whenever the need arises. Yeah.
0: As a kid, let me tell you, that was the sound... It was like uh, Pavlov's dogs when you heard that sound. (laughs) You rushed to your radio to see if your school had a delay, you know, when it was snowing outside. Do we have an hour delay? Do we have a two-hour delay?
2: The information you need
0: at 900 CPA. School closings, meetings, road conditions, and weather. A service of 900 CPA and Dots Motor Company, Market Street, in downtown Clearfield. With new Ford cars and trucks that go in snow. We, we, yep. We, yep. we got we got an hour delay. Yes. <laughs> that was that was John Billy, yeah. Oh my gosh. I remember just hearing that sound and you're you just glued to <laughs> glued to the radio oh, waiting yeah. to hear them say hour delay, two hour delay or cancellation. Oh my gosh.
1: Man. So yeah, we uh, like we said in the first jobs, we really were there for, well, I was there obviously about 15 months. I think Jason said he was there a total of 15 months, but there for, well, there was a short period approximately in the summer till just a week, I think, before I left for uh, basic training, the last, probably the last week of uh, January. And, um, we had a just a blast working there. There'd be nights, uh, like we, we said that he'd want to stay for an extra hour and we were just, we were goofing off we get yeah. the talk show going, so we know we had between 15 and 20 minutes of goof-off time in between, and we would pseudo-rap, like we said on the CD player, Aerosmith, that was the one. He apologizes. I like Aerosmith, but he's the one that got me hooked on him, so that's why he <laughs> apologizes. But, you know, we would pseudo-rap it, some other ones too, but Aerosmith was the one we kind of had fun with the most. Um, yeah. And then, you know, Jason said... That uh, we used to goof off on the front computer out of the office, playing Minesweeper. <laughs> there was a, some kind of fighter game. That was the one I always played. <laughs> Solitaire was the other one I played though as well. And uh, but yeah. yeah, you have to listen to the first job. That's where the bulk of that fun is. I'm sure we can come up as we go through this. We might come up with some some uh, another one or two
0: gags. Well, but, it was weird because like we had computers like at school, and it was mainly the. Was it the Apple Twos that we used at school or Macintosh? I can't remember. But some of those computers were, like, new to me back then because I didn't. The only other interaction was, like, your uh, Texas Instruments computer and whatever was at school. I didn't have a computer at home at all. So going out there in the office and... Messing around and oh my gosh, this has games on it! You could play software. you could play free cell, you could play this minesweeper thing, and you can. <laughs> oh my gosh, I I I would play minesweeper forever. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was the coolest thing. But beyond just the games, it was getting accustomed to a, a Windows, whatever Windows yeah. was back then.
1: Didn't Windows. have a mouse. We never worked with a mouse. We right. had a straight keyboard. If you were lucky you had a joystick on like my game had the, the joystick on it, but it to me it never reacted right, so I always went back to the keyboard. That's why my Texas instruments you know, when I type E it types five E's now because <laughs> I put the string. <laughs> but yeah, that was so cool. That that like you said, it was the novelty of wow, this well, I can move this little mouse. Whoa, I can interact with it. You know, now now we'll probably feel the same way with touchscreen, you know.
0: Ooh, look at that. Yeah, well, and, you know, we were on the cusp of the digital era right as we were leaving the radio station. You know, there was some computers involved with the automation systems that they had, Uh, but it was still a lot of physical, tangible Stuff you had to do to make the radio station run with all the carts and cassettes, CDs, you know, the whole nine. And it was, it timing. was still there. And it was timing and it was, you know, like you were doing, <laughs> flipping the switches and turning the knobs, the pots. And, you know, yeah. there was a lot involved, if, if you think about it, on how much you were responsible for just for an hour's worth of programming. You know? Oh, yeah. And like you said, we had that script. And without that, we would have been uh, blind, essentially, trying to, you know, run the... even just run a talk show through a satellite. So it was a unique time to be part of radio in that we were before the digital era, and we were, like, on the tail end of just the the analog and all of the other components of radio to get a little mix of everything there.
1: Right, and and that's i'm looking over off screen from the camera because i have i've rebuilt a pseudo what what our log would have been like Mm -hmm. i don't know that it was identical per se like 100 but so this is essentially what our log looked like if you remember i think there's some other jargon up here like frequency or i i don't know so you had everything was timed out like we said in our first jobs At five seconds, we knew we had to only use the regular WCPA ID, not the long ID to make it up. And it was down to the second, right? So at 17 military time, so 5 at night, 5 p.m., 59 and 55 seconds, we knew we had to play a specific, this short ID. At 1800, we had ABC News, which was about a five-minute. I threw numbers in here, so please don't take this verbatim. (laughs) Then we did a WCPA jingle at the end to identify ourselves. And at that moment, we did Sun Radio Network for two minutes, or I'm sorry, it looks like we did it for seven minutes, rather. And then we did a C-Classic Dodge. That was the local dealership. Did a 30-second spot. Did a J.J. Powell spot. Rush Limbaugh promo. Then the jingle. Then the next segment. And it just, this was our thing. And, And we alluded to, again, you know, to remember to power down, at night, the AM transmitter to power down our power, that was written into the script. That time really didn't do anything for us because it didn't affect our true time. But that was something we needed to remember to reach back to the to the rack that was behind us. That's why I look back behind because I still remember. And that's what we did. And because I'm looking back and walking back and all that. There we go. This would be a good time to show people what i'm talking about so i forgot about the on-air lights <laughs> the last thing. here's what they essentially looked like and this is the outer shell of the rooms of course am booth a window our newsroom with their window and the two doors it's, it doesn't show the hallway i'm doing the inside if you want to see the more building go to first jobs <laughs> so we're going to step in our virtual time machine <laughs> like, my gosh So you are going into where we sat there was I still remember there was this plastic that was on the floor to I want to say it was actually to try to insulate us because of the shock that's what the the bull that CJ gave me anyway oh really <laughs> yeah. he also told me that you you made soapy water and sprayed the carpet which would help and he would do that which is hilarious I watched him do it
0: oh my gosh I've never heard of that.
1: Yeah, I didn't either, but, you know, whatever. So over here would be our log, like we have. Uh, that's I just showed you. This would be everything we do. We would initial off down the line and then signature, a full signature, to say we were complete for that page, and then we'd move on. This is our, this was our promo of our All the carts, You're, yeah. Right, it's on the Lazy Susan. So you, it's set here. It's four-sided. Then we had our... Whatever talk show we had, we had our clock. This is what the clocks were. This, this ESPN, I snagged from my WINU station. Ah, okay. So that's why I had this. I found online, the A- America's Talk Radio, which used to be Sun Radio Networks. So, gotcha.
0: Yeah, that just shows these clock hours show, you know, when the talk segments were and then when there was local and then when there was network spots that they would play. And then there you, you can know, see right there on the
1: ESPN what he's talking about. There's a local spot here for one minute. Here's a network spot. Then you yeah. hide into a local. And,
0: and that was all, this is basically our script visualized.
1: Oh, yes. And look, so, you can see right here, this is the weekend format. So from 6 to 1, this clock was correct, this timing, and the same for 7 to or Sunday from 7 a.m. to 9. And, again, this changed. There was pages. There was a red – still remember, it was a red book, red binder. Mm-hmm. And we flipped these pages for the weekday episodes of whatever – it was ESPN or Sun Radio Networks, Rush right. Limbaugh, whatever it was. That's what we did.
0: Yeah. There's your, you got your mic in there, and there was a mic off to the side there. That's Bob would do the news from the board, and then you had your mic over there on the side – and John Billy would stand there with his news stories in front of him,
2: mm-hmm. and
0: they would cue each other back and forth as they did the new news. Still trying to get it to make it feel like
1: we're sitting there in front of the board. Yeah. So this is what we looked. That's what we, good. Exactly what we looked like. So these were actually look, looked like, uh, lack of a better term, these were toggle switches like light switches. You moved them left if you wanted to go to audition. Center, if it was off, or right, on air, production. And uh, so these were all tied. I think it was these last three that these were tied to. And they were remote, remote wired. So when we hit this, a cart would play. And we would, like I said in the first jobs, you'd have a queue. Typically on, on one of these, it said, you know, uh, no ordinary dealer. Would, that was C-Classic Dodge. or yeah. And it was a little...
0: It can Sorry. get a little hairy as you are playing through a commercial break because you've got three cart machines. But if you had you know, four 30-second spots, you had to go through each one. You, you, you had to make sure you pulled one out, too, and put in your yep. fourth commercial. And then right after that, you would usually need a jingle when you finished up. So hmm. you're basically juggling through four, five, six carts at a time as you're getting through the break so right. it wasn't uh, it, it wasn't just oh let me just put this in here I'll hit the switch and hit it again and you know you you've got, it's a juggling act
1: it was and i think it was the nfl was our busiest days because we would have sponsors out, out like crazy and we would have like nine parts and i typically did a i don't know how you organized it i think i how i used to organize it I think there was enough space, but don't – I, I don't remember. Yeah, I had one, two, three, the neck, and then a stack of them right on top of each other with ideally I'd put the jingle or whatever on this right, but however it lined up. So you'd flip, okay, next one's on, okay, come on, stop, okay, yank out. Usually you would have to turn the next spot on, then put the next card in. Yank this one. Yeah. Okay, now go this one. It was chaotic. And this the other thing you could do, I don't know if you remember this, but there were three buttons down here on this on the board here, the, the platform or desk. They were also tied to this. So you could leave the channel open and you could hit the cart machine here, one, two, three. Tried to make it a little more efficient, but in essence, that's what that was for. They changed it to one button when they introduced our Digilink, which is right here. Mm-hmm. That was a computer image, and I tried to superimpose what the what it kind of looked like. Yeah. What we had as far as a menu here was your. This was your schedule. Did you play? You know, fast forward, stop, record, on air.
0: Did you ever play anything off of that in the AM?
1: Oh, you know, I got in trouble. Remember, I got in big trouble. What were you doing? So me, when this, like you alluded to back in the first jobs you know i learned more about this than they did so i started recording these i get in early i piss off ricky shay because he didn't like me coming in early so i would get in early or i'd find out that nfl was not, not until two you know i had two hours whatever so i would burn or well cart machine record all the spots i had to worry about into digilink
0: and play it off the digilink
1: and I played it all off the digitally. But I did that all in the production room. So I'd take the carts, go into the production room, put it in that machine. It would already be networked, which I didn't realize what a network freaking was yeah. at the time. <laughs> right. But, you know, it was all networked. And then I would set up my playlist. So when I would come back in here to the board, you could actually, you could also hit, uh, inject what was stops. And that actually stopped playing of.
0: Before it was on the next spots one.
1: Spots or whatever, right? So it'd stop it. So it, it would stop it. So I'd leave this channel open, whatever one it was for Digital League. I think it was this one, and hit the button. Just let it play its thing. And I, I just sit back and la, la, la. This is <laughs> cool, really, Mr. Cool. I'm
0: in the digital age. I can So what got part. you in trouble?
1: What got me in trouble was there was a printer, which I didn't know what that really was, but there was a printer back in the sat room. Print every little stupid thing I was doing. It was printing that I was copying it. It was printing that I played it. <laughs> and, and Bob went into the sat room one day and wondered why there was a, like, pages of printer being used on this printer. It shouldn't be in production. It's the only thing that should be running is the DigiLink in the FM booth, right, not the EM right. booth. Well, I guess if I remember right, CJ actually cooled him down because Bob came in there all hot. Saying, "What's this kid know?" He's running this thing, and CJ called him I Said, "Just don't, don't go hard on him. He's doing what we need him to do to learn the stuff. That's what we're going to do. So don't go hard on him. He just learned it. Just whatever." And CJ told me this backstory mm-hmm. because he said, "Be ready. He might blow up you." I told him to calm down, but be ready. Just, <laughs> let, you, just to let you know. And then he said, "He's more pissed off that you know more than he does." Okay, whatever. So, fast forward, here comes Bob. He has, a, he has a script, right, in his hand. I say the script, our little log. He's going, well, um, so, yeah, I noticed that uh, you know how to do your DigiLink. link. aren't we supposed to know? I've been just slowly figuring it out, and I figured out how to record into it, and I've been able to figure out how to set it up. And he says, oh, yeah, I've, I've seen you being able to do that. That's pretty imp- – but we're not ready for that just yet. Uh, It's not ready to be implemented just yet. So uh, it's great that you know it, but, you know, hold off. Okay, no problem. And I left it be. And (laughs) that was the end of the conversation. But I was in trouble because I knew how to do that.
0: That sucks.
1: (laughs) Wow. uh, But anyway, so back to our description of everything here. So like I said on our podcast, when we said this makeshift Radio Shack job of a timer, this is the guy I, I basically remember. Yeah. White little box here with the little timer set up. And then we were talking about our phone. <laughs> right? It had something like this, lights. I think right. this is skewed. But this lit up. The ringer was in this in this newsroom. We could faintly hear it. But this was just lights. And that's when we knew we had a phone call and typically sorry, you have to call the eight hundred number. <laughs> or the winner. I talked to Jason with this offline after we recorded. In the Christmas season, we had this totally too long of an answer response. So we pick up the phone. Happy holidays, WCPA, WQAX, this is Wyatt. How may I help you? Are you kidding me? That long? <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, this the whole studio. I've tried to include everything up here. If you go high enough, there's this little speaker
0: box. I see um, one thing you missed. What did I miss? The temperature. Was there it? Was- it in Yeah, there was a temperature right beside... It was a digital readout exactly like that, but I think it was... Right here, right? Yeah, it was right beside the clock that showed... I don't know what temperature it was. It was the the local temperature or... I don't know. It it was funny. like When we do weather after a news update, we just made stuff up about other towns. So we would go by... It is... 82 degrees in Clearfield, 79 in Dubois, and 81 in State <laughs> College. It was totally made up, dude. Totally, totally I made up. I believe it. We had no. Well, we had talked about this too a little bit off the air. Was like you'll hear in a minute. Um, I think I do a weather update in the uh, the audio that I have. But our meteorologist, who was Lou Rosenberg, I had never met the guy, and it was I, I don't even know who he was. Where they got their you know weather from, but he was the staff meteorologist, but he was not a, a, a on staff. Let's put it that way. <laughs> yeah. So it was uh, there was a lot of tricks behind uh, that, that radio station, and how you just kind of fudge things every once in a while to make it to yeah. make it work. I do remember too about those cart machines when you had a stack of carts, you know, to play for your next break. And there would be one, like, uh, the promos would have three or four tracks on there. Some, some would have just maybe two. But sometimes when you get to that last track that's on that cart, it would take a lot longer for it to cue back up to the beginning of the tape. So you're waiting and you're waiting. And you're. So if it was taking too long for it to cue back up so you could pull it out, you had to hit the stop button, pull it out, put your next cart in there, and then remember to go back and put that cart back in there so it would queue back up for the next person, you know? It was chaotic at some points. Oh, yeah. It was a skill. <laughs> oh, <laughs> it, was. Everything, it was. To get through there and, to, and to not get any dead air. And, I mean, it was a skill.
1: It was. I um, This middle one, I don't know if you can really see it very well. You see this little tab here? This middle cart machine, there was this guide here. That guide was to keep you your regular carts level and so it would made up to the sensor. This is the Q sensor over here and the right one was actually what was red, your tape reader. But the the middle one, this was gone. We had one That's right. One huge cart that we did once a year. I think it was I don't think it was Christmas, but it might have been. I always asked why is this one missing? <laughs> and no one ever really explained to me until like four months later, Bob said, Oh, that's because we run a this huge cart that goes in there and I'm trying to find, I had a, a picture of it actually uh, <laughs> not from the studio but I had a picture that I found off of um,
0: of the bigger cart yeah, yeah, I vaguely remember that now, I couldn't tell you what it was used for but yeah so you had your like 8 track size cart which we had shown you before and then oh, this one's about like so. double the size so.
1: so just before we <laughs> venture on uh-huh. Even though we've seen it, especially in the first jobs, this is the the rack that was sat behind us. And when I'm pointing behind me, that's exactly what it was. We stood right here. This rack was literally right behind us. So we had the remote control to the control tower right here. No idea what this crap was. Actually, this this was your emergency, uh, the EBS, back in the day. I don't – I that's never – right.
0: I never – Yes. Never- um – Trying to remember, I think we, I, I think I do remember, I it was more automatic on how it worked. You maybe just flipped a switch and it did the whole, the emergency broadcast system was what you're, what you're talking about there, EBS. Right, right. So you hear the beep go across your airwaves and uh, this is a test. This is only a test, you know. <laughs> That's it. And you had to do it, I, I want to say like once a week yeah
1: it was a weekly thing, and then then There's they changed different it.
0: times I think yeah. too I, I don't I don't remember, but I think you're right. I think that was the EBS controls
1: but anyway, so this this was just the real reel that I picked on Jason about at the first jobs. This is where Paul Harvey sat. Right. Uh, this is the telex. this was our hybrid, so if they ever did a call in to the show, your caller could be recorded. Then at the very bottom, this is actually skewed. This should be shoved up a little bit better. But this is the patch panels that I said about, you know, we could quite literally patch anything. And this is how I patched Simulcast. This is how I, when I copied all the liners, all the cables run, everything runs here. Mm-hmm. So if I interrupt it by punching a, you know, a cable in here, it <laughs> goes from this, instead of going from cart machine to the board, it goes from cart machine to wherever I route it, which would be. Cassette oh, oh you trying time. to get to the cassette. So we talked and made fun of uh, Big Band Jump. It was on this cassette player right here. But like I said, I patched around and put everything into the cassette player so we could record That's uh, right. Yep. all the liners. Or right here was a little pitch control. That's what I messed with all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, this was our, our booth. Like I tried to do it in more detail. Well, Jason said he was blown away on the text. Uh, I texted him this photo. And you go, dude, you really remember a lot. (laughs) I said, yeah, I do.
0: Yeah, that's that's great. I mean, it's like spot on. And, you know, we did work there for a year and a half. So you would think you remember everything, but (laughs) you you remembered a lot more than than I would have. Well, I would say mainly outside of the AM room because that's where we spent most of our time in there. But you were all over the place. (laughs)
1: Oh, I was. Uh, I don't know if you could see this very well. Here's what I was trying to find. I thought I had a better picture. So here's an 8-track. This right here is an 8-track cassette. Can you see it? Mm -hmm. Carts were different. Like uh, Bob said in the interview, these are pressure-fed. This is a pressure that feeds on this to run your 8-track. Up here, this is your cart. There's an actual wheel that comes through this hole here and shoves up against the tape, and then it shoves the tape around. Mm-hmm. These are the different sizes that I was trying to find for there you, Jason. You yeah. This is our standard cart size. This was the beast we would put in there, I think.
0: There's was one I don't bigger this... than that. Holy cow.
1: Yeah, I didn't know there was a big one. Uh, it sounded <laughs> really bad. Sorry. Uh, but <laughs> yeah. This was – I can't remember. It was like a three- or six-minute show – Christmas Story, I don't know what it was. Mm -hmm. But uh, the room we're looking in right now, we call it a bulk eraser, but this is how we erase the carts. Yes. So that we can record them for whatever, news or liners or whatever. I
0: uh, I would erase my mixtapes in there, too, when I'm ready to record another one. Same here. It's basically a huge magnet, you know, and magnets, I don't know how the whole (laughs) – that all works, but – you turned it on, and it, that magnet, you run your tape up against it, and it would just basically erase everything that you put on there.
1: But it would make it move. It was so powerful. You'd, you'd oh, yeah.
0: flutter a little bit. It would vibrate, yeah. So, Crazy.
1: Uh, this is our production room. We, we've we already hit on this. I just yeah. put it up here for kicks and grins. I, like I said, I did try to get it as close to uh, a little bit more detail as I could so that – for this particular show, so we could see, mm-hmm. well, you, the viewer, could see what we dealt with. I mean, here's this is our production room. This is what Jason did all his recording. In. This, and this now makes sense. I can remember this now. This is our mono carton recorder for the okay. AM booth. This was our stereo for the FM.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: This is our little timer, cue speaker. Not that we really used it much.
0: Yeah, I remember. And over here. That's where I'd come in. The first thing I would do in the morning when I was there for my internship was you grab the, uh, stories off the AP. You grab all the facts reports and you went in there and you wrote your, your news stories for the day. And you'll hear, I've got a news report that I can play that actually from a, uh, a demo tape I had from, uh, college, I had to prove that I was actually, you know, interning there and doing work. and <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I would go in there, write the stories. Bob would say yay or nay on which ones, and after writing them, and then you basically have these little slips of paper that go with you wherever you need to. Mainly they just set in the AM room because that's where we did mainly all the news, but you would do your news updates in the production room to send to the FM for uh, those, and everything in the AM was pretty much live for news. So you kept them in there, but you would do your updates in the morning for throughout the day to put on the uh, the digital, the automation right. for FM.
1: This is a picture uh, of our production room here, and that's, or I'm sorry, the newsroom. Mm-hmm. This is that AP wire that sat in the corner with the charcoal burn or whatever that was up there <laughs> in the wall. So I put this in Jason, I don't know if you remember this. I don't think you were there when we changed out to the from the old automation system. They had a rack, probably a lot smaller, but that sat over here on this wall. This rack was full of the carts for the different DJs for our automated system. And this okay. is what we have to change out. That's what I talked about Bob with. We'd have to remember, oh, Johnny Holiday's coming up at six o'clock or whatever. And then we would go over to this uh
0: You'd go over to the FM room. Or, no, it
1: actually didn't sit in the FM room.
0: Or was it in the satellite room?
1: Nope, neither. So oh, okay,
0: yes. That carousel. Okay.
1: Yeah, there's the carousel that we once had. It actually sat over here. This is not ours. And that's what I was trying to say. I, I had a brain fart in the last episode. I said, this is our automation room, but not really our automation. That's true. This is not the picture from our automation. It, it I didn't take a picture of it. This carousel, though, system sat right next to this original rack, which is what – this is a picture of the WCPA stuff. This is where Johnny Holiday sat. I think this is was, was your spare music when we had yeah. – uh-huh.
0: Yes. Uh, there was like – I don't know how many minutes of just music that was on there you could use if you needed it. I Bob would let me use it if I wanted to on that shift I would pull right before the football games that I talked about. Mm -hmm. If I didn't want to do records, I could have pulled music off of the reel to reel there and it fed into the, to the AM board. Right. So, so yeah.
1: So yeah, the carousel was next. Then there was another, just one. It was, I think something like this, this is the reel to reel that he was talking about where the FM originally was automated. So it has a reel to reel playing the songs and it's all controlled with this little, you know, set of racks basically for computers. So one of these would be a drawer. No kidding, a drawer. You pull out a drawer, take out the old liner for the last DJ. Michael, there's a guy Michael comes to my mind. Anyway, so you pull out him, put that card away, take Johnny Holiday, Johnny Wolf, Johnny Wolf, and throw it in there, close the drawer. What was funny though is every now and then he'd have someone filling in for him. So it wouldn't be Johnny Holiday; it'd be Joe Schmo filling in for Johnny Holiday. You're listening to QAX, you know, with me, Johnny Holiday or Johnny Johnny Wolf. So, uh, so yeah, that's what it was. All of them had a window. That's why I, I included all the windows.
0: Yeah, and and into then- into each, basically into each room. So, except for the well, no, there was a product. The production room had one to the AM.
1: Production had one to the AM and then uh, one to the – there was FM to this one, which you really never saw. Right. Then this is our FM studio that we've talked about. This is where our rack over there sat. I didn't fill it in. I didn't take pictures of it, but that's where it sat. And I did not include CJ in this one, but if you want to see CJ, go to our first jobs. So there was a record player right here. You can you can see an edge of it right here, mm-hmm. but then we ran mostly on these CD players. Right, there's one of the cart machines. This is the, how they recorded the the callers when they called in and I don't know chatting oh, yeah. about whatever topic
0: requests.
1: Yeah, and then this is our working clock for the shows, and then here's the phone that I was talking about with Jason. The lights are right here,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and you know, yeah, he just broadcasted from this little booth uh we talked about the music these were all the tw- the monthly subscriptions right here yeah then we had our music library singles or sometimes albums all together
0: and there were that- some songs on cart too i remember like
1: there was a friday cart that they always play on friday nights and i was stupid and never recorded but it was every song songwriter that had friday in their in their song Oh, yes.
0: uh, George Jones, finally Friday. I remember. Whatever else. Friday, I'm in love. Yes, I remember (laughs) that. I remember that. Holy cow. And then, of course, I
1: took a picture of the CD rack. I don't know why, but I did. And here it is. So that was our FM room. You can see that the guy, whoever had to set in this side, was kind of cramped. There was not much space. You can see their mic over here whenever they had a guest. Or uh, do you remember? This is probably an embarrassing moment for both Meg and CJ, but you remember this because you're the one that told me the story. Our, what do you call it? Our motto for QYX was Clearfield County's biggest hits. And by mistake, well, maybe it was on purpose, but I think on mistake, is CJ sitting in there, Clearfield County's biggest hits, QYX 93.5. And it sounded more like tits, not hits. So, uh,
0: yeah. And Meg is standing right there. Yeah.
1: Meg was standing right there. They had their little chat. So, yeah,
0: I. And I think it came to the point where he was doing that on purpose on the air. <laughs> he would do it fast enough that you couldn't, you know, differentiate the two. But if you listened to him enough, you're like, oh my gosh, CJ. <laughs> I can't believe you just did that on the air.
1: Yeah. Back to. Anyway. Uh, I don't know if I disappeared, but yeah, I'm back to us. Where this was our studio. This is where we had. For me, it was probably the most fun job I've had. Uh, military's been great and awesome, but uh, I don't know, man. I, I there's part of me that wants to go back to my roots. In doing so, and I've told that I've, I was going to keep it a surprise, but Jason already saw it because I can't keep my big mouth shut. Um, <laughs> back behind here, although it's not the identical unit, this is a cart machine that I recently purchased this is essentially what you would do. It would, You could tie to a remote control switch, like what was on the AM board, AM Pro, or you get the button. And that's our news bed. Yeah. That was our FM news bed, if you remember.
0: QAX information update. Uh, yeah, it might be a good time for me to do my update. It is. It'd be a great time. Okay.
1: But, yeah, I picked this up. and. Uh, Jason, you're going to be the first one to know. Julie's really going to hate me because it, it did get shipped.
0: You got the board.
1: I finally – a little pricier than I wanted it to, but I can't pass it up. So I have on the way an Ampro board, and I will – I don't know where I'll put it. It'll probably end up being in my shed for a little bit. But I plan to hook it up at some point and do my my man cave, which I've never had a dream of before. My man cave will turn into a replica WCPA studio at at some point. So, uh, sorry, it's Lydia Thunder, but uh, not yeah. your turn. <laughs>
0: that's that's awesome. <laughs> wow, uh, I can't believe you got it. So yeah, I did.
1: I'm- I did measure though. I did measure this desk. I don't know if it'd be worth putting it in here or not. My my laptop would probably be like sitting up here now. So I was ah, thinking about putting it here on the desk. Move everything up. And uh, running it, seeing how I like it. But that thing's by itself, I looked at the specs. This thing's 64 pounds by itself. And then I have to lug it down into the basement to put it on this desk. And I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I I don't know.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. So it's demo time, right? Yes. I have a managed to uh, find my Walkman, and I popped the cassette in and tied the Walkman into my laptop, so I've got a, uh, hopefully you'll be able to hear it, I've got a news update I did, this would have been back in, when did I intern there, 90, it might have been 98 or 99 when I did, actually did the internship, so here we go. QYX 93 information update. State college police are looking for the person responsible for damage of a cement wall that was knocked down Monday at 5.30 p.m. at a bank on South Atherton Street. Anyone with information on this incident is asked to contact police. A six-person jury at a Center County coroner's inquest yesterday ruled the shooting of a Milesburg man was justifiable homicide. It is now up to Center County District Attorney Ray Grecar whether to charge Louise Manganielle in the death of her husband last February. It took the jury only two hours to deliberate following two days of testimony. The 47-year-old former Milesburg postmaster allegedly shot John Clever after he put a gun in her mouth and threatened to kill her and her three children. Jeez. Lawrence Township Police responded to a one-vehicle accident yesterday afternoon around 3.15. A vehicle operated by John Vedeffer of Clearfield was traveling west on Wolf Run Road when the operator lost control on a curb and struck a pole. There are no injuries reported. The vehicle sustained minor damage. Clearfield Borough Police responded to a three-vehicle accident last night around 5 p.m. at the intersection of East Cherry and South 3rd Streets. The mishap involved vehicles driven by Walter Bennell and Joseph Ivanko of Clearfield and Regina Vogel of Kerwoodsville. Ivanko was treated and released from Clearfield Hospital. State police at Clearfield and fire company volunteers were called out this morning to find a missing person in the woods from Greenwood Camp to Rockton Mountain. There was no information on the person <laughs> being sought by the search and rescue teams. The Red Cross disaster release ban was called to the scene early this morning. QAX weather, partly cloudy, breezy, and warm, and humid today with a few scattered showers or thunderstorms high in the 80s. Tonight, mostly cloudy and cool with showers likely a low of around 60. And partly cloudy, warm, and humid tomorrow with a chance of scattered showers high Thursday in the 80s. You're up to date. I'm Jason Gross. <laughs> <laughs> applaud, applaud. <laughs> So we had a we had a concrete wall that fell down that they were looking for somebody for we
1: had a guy putting his gun into the girl's mouth.
0: God. And then you Jason's
1: had... forecast was like was awesome. It was like it might be cloudy, might be humid, might be this, might be that. With you know showers tonight.
0: Well, and then the accident. So we were all about like and the missing person in the woods somewhere. Okay, so you had like missing persons. We were all about the accidents. Every news report seemed to have an accident. And then, uh, yeah, once in a while you get a, a decent story or crazy story like that one was where it was, uh, you know, judicial stuff that you would send across. But <laughs> so there's your update.
1: And like, like Jason, Jason said before, <laughs> towards the end of our first jobs, we would get our – if it wasn't on the AP News Wire, which was more national news – we got it through fax. And we had the fax machine. It was hilarious because we – we, even in that AM booth, it was never truly soundproof. So you could hear the fax machine kick on. You hear the scream, you know, yeah. screaming of tones. You know, oh, I've got news. It was it, For us, at least for me, it was more like, oh, I've got something else to do besides wait for 12 minutes for
0: – Yeah. Play the liner. So well, it was funny. Like the – the faxes that would come in, it was just somebody handwriting something that happened that day and shoving it in a fax machine. There was an accident on Route 322, no injuries, and then you got to make a story out of that. <laughs> or something. I mean, it, was, it was just very little information. You had to kind of stretch it out to make yeah. an actual story to read on the air. It was ridiculous, really. But and For you,
1: it was easier because you could run it into Bob and say, do you want this or no? For me... We would just pile it up and put it on the production desk, and you know it was for him to sort out. Right. But it was that's how we did it. <laughs> so are we having a battle of the uh, so-called demo tapes?
0: <laughs> Go for it. You've got something. Well, you've I got everything, it, and it
1: sucks. I'll be honest. Jason wins this one hands down because I guess I didn't mix the audio very well. But I worked at second radio station WINU. They were big into. We were very close to St. Louis, but because we were on the Illinois side, you know, Bulls, Cubs, whatever other Chicago stuff there was, we did it. So this is Chicago Bulls, and I cut for time. I cut some of the stuff out, but mm-hmm. here it is.
2: Go for it. You're listening to Chicago Bulls basketball. This is the place for Chicago Bulls basketball
1: on your sports station, at the I.M.U.
2: This is your home for Chicago Bulls basketball. On WINU
1: Finland. Their trademark of the Chrysler Corporation. Cheap. There's only one. See your local cheap and eagle dealers. Wow.
2: This is the place for Chicago Bulls basketball. WINU FINE. So that's <laughs> your work. You're looking to eyes here, the main
1: court of the metro area. This is. Uh, I do have one spot. Okay. Saturday, November 23rd, you are invited to the 27th annual Grant Fork Men's Fellowship Sausage Supper Enjoy a great dinner to include Homemade pies, UFOs, Country Corner And other homemade goodies Prices for adults is $6, children eat for $2 Join the fun November 23rd at Grant Fork United Church of Christ In Grant Fork, Illinois Between 3 and 8 p.m. For advanced orders, please call 654 Or 3307
0: Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you I don't know. That was, I guess that's your uh, your radio voice kicking in there, but you're very, no. Oh, go get the sausage supper. And...
1: I was trying. That was my, one of my first production jobs that I thought about actually recording. I'm sure I've done a few, uh, but we did. That was a nice thing. So we indicated in uh, first jobs that, at least for me and Deidre and Michelle. That was the other girl. That was the other girl's name. It was their, their sisters, Michelle and uh, Deidre. She was the one that taught me a lot. Michelle did. and uh, But anyway, they all were surprised because, you know, Jason is able to get on the air and none, none of us are allowed. So we weren't allowed to talk because we weren't full-time staff. But at WINU, the guy, uh, I guess we're transitioning, I guess, but. Uh, he ran, he was a dentist. He was, him and his buddy, dentists, decided they wanted to just say, I own a radio station. So they went out and bought one. Little AM, little station, nothing to it really. And the guy was, I guess how it came down, at least the way the guy told me, was they both bought it. And then the other guy basically bailed out and says, Well, we bought it, you run it. Okay. Dentist had no clue about radio. This was just an investment thing. So it started being a haphazard thing. They had a guy that played pseudo-DJ in news in the morning. And then after that, it was just haphazard, however it went down. So you might be listening to news. Bloomberg is where we got our news. You would hear Bloomberg news typically at the top of the hour. You might hear sports. The next hour, you might hear music. It'll be for 15 minutes. It wouldn't be like for a full hour. It would be for 15 minutes. Oh my God. <laughs> then it would be like a sports update of some sort, whether national or, or local. Then it might be the farm show, and then it would change again and change again. It wow. was so inconsistent. So I went in there, and actually, <laughs> I did a lot of stuff and apologized later with how I ran it. So for one hour, I organized it to, like, mostly news. Next hour was mostly music, you know, like a news top-of-the-hour news break or something. But there – the farm shows were were most of the farm shows were one minute spots, so they're paying us. So I just threw it in there. Uh But I would actually put them all together. So he's like, "Hey, our radio station is starting to sound good. What are you doing?" I said, well, I'm just trying to organize it better because. Because it sucks. <laughs> well, I, think I, I can't remember exactly how I worded. I was so young and naive, I, probably, I was thinking I was going to get fired because I did it. So I probably came out with, well, I was just trying something. Was trying to clean it up, make it look a little more professional. And he goes, good job. And then it wasn't too long after that, I'm running a Chicago Bulls, I think it was a Bulls game, and it ended at like 10.20. And we were always taught to do a joiner. And fill until we hit a spot or something like that. At least that's what I was taught at WCPA. So I'm like, man, I'm not gonna have anything for ten minutes. So I just started playing music, and it was all <laughs> this one was all cart. So I played nothing but you know Michael Jackson or whatever was on the carts, and um, and that was fun because I had to keep changing out carts for that. But I did that. I'm like, it's ten thirty. Who's listening? B- Boss ain't listening screw i'm djing for another half hour so, <laughs> i just dj'd for the next day he come uh he comes in while i'm on duty and he says hey uh the jones radio network we typically use sounded really awesome last night it, it, it sounded a lot better than it usually does then i heard our own infamous wb at the mic Crap. here comes the firing he goes if I could pay you to stay on the clock overnight, I would, because you do a far better job than my automation stuff. I'm like, oh, it's a good thing. So he's like, I think I'm going to move you up to production supervisor. I can't pay it <laughs> for, but I'm going to make you that. Oh, oh, okay. So I started. I was allowed to start making spots. I was starting allowed to do like these little things, and uh, I had fun. And then we hired a. I'm not trying to take over your.
0: No, no, keep going. I,
1: I'm on the UK. So we had a golf talk show. No offense Dan Titus. You are a very awesome guy, but Snooze Fest is what it was for me. <laughs> and we got chewed out big time by like three listeners, which I didn't know we had three listeners. It sounds so bad, but eight eighty, you know, an AM station out of the BFE. Who's listening? So anyway, so I started doing this to spice up his golf talk. <laughs> like okay.
0: sorry too loud yeah i couldn't hear what you're saying oh sorry all i heard was halloween episode oh
1: me and my mixing i can't tell if my levels so so that that little clip is nightmare on my street by fresh prince does dip i literally did that for during our halloween special and I, he he liked it so much, he kept asking me to keep it going throughout the entire episode. But we had no loop. So I was literally hitting the cart machine. No, I think it was a tape player. And physically rewind. Rewinding. Rewind. rewind, oh Because he liked it so much. So I played it. He loved it. We actually had more listeners. He even said we had more listeners because I added that to, <laughs> to the
0: That's show. That's crazy. That's crazy dude.
1: But uh, but yeah, it, it was we had fun. I still have a Chicago Bulls script. Like mm-hmm. the, or Cubs. I have a Cubs script. And then all the all the memorabilia. I still have the folder for the ESPN, which is where the of course now I can't see it now. I had the I have the clock in here somewhere.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And uh there's the Cubs log. I don't know if you'll really be able to see this very well. But yeah, this is my Cubs log. I took a copy.
0: <laughs> like you, I sold the letterhead. Gotcha. Now I don't have actually what I have is not the letterhead because I have a little scrapbook here from, and I put some WCPA stuff in here, which is the uh, the picture of the Q Cruiser. If I can find that, yeah, please. There it is. So I got a picture of the Q Cruiser there. Nice. And then up here is the logo for Nine Hundred CPA and. WQIX ninety three five Energy FM is what it says. That's actually a sticker. Huh? It's, it's a label uh, backing. So, and I, I don't know. I want to say I cut it out of something, but maybe not. But it's yeah, it's a uh, sticker back. So that's pretty much all the memorabilia I have. <laughs>
1: well, so two we
0: th- two things.
1: Well, with me. We had an engineer come up. He had been hired to clean up the station
0: because mm-hmm.
1: it was just a, a rat's nest is how the best the studio looked. I'm trying to find the, the picture of it right now, a good image of it. So this is what our studio looked like, if you can really make it out. It was just mm-hmm. a, monitors and junk all end up, and then we had a cat that <laughs> lived there. His name was A.M., and he always stole my dinner. I get something from the chow hall, come up, and I just set it down, open it up. Go ahead hit a commercial. Food was gone.
2: Oh, my gosh. So,
1: yeah. And then uh, this was our night of wiring it. This was like 1 o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. Just throwing it all on the ground. And then we have, we have a cleanup picture somewhere of it. But it turned out to be a lot nicer. This is the tower. I, I don't know if you really can make these out. Somewhat. There's actually four towers that sat behind there. And I got scared the first night I was there. Or one of the first nights I was there. Oh, the tornado night. We had a tornado night. And uh, when I went for the job interview, the guy said, so how'd you learn about being in the radio business or something like that? And I said, I'm just interested. I used to do it. I want to do it. I literally, literally how I got the job, I called around to all the local radio stations in the Yellow Pages. Hey, do you need a board op? And that's exactly what I said. No kidding. And the the, the guy said, yeah, how'd you know? There <laughs> so, it is. This is how we cleaned it up. It looks a lot better. A lot better. Sorry. So, so anyway, the the, the guy that did this, the engineer, he uh, he said, "You want to learn about, you know, the wirings and ins and outs?" I said, "Yeah, I'd love to be able to hook up sounds, you know, the not the sounds in the radio station, and learn about it." He goes, "If you don't pull, don't mind pulling an all nighter, let's go." I said, "All right." So we were we put it on automation which ran off of a a server and it ran off in the next room. And we just had fun with it. We had wires and well, you saw the equipment all lined up and just really reorganized it. And our console was not a make, it was a makeshift console was a a couple wood folding tables. That was our board, you know, our desk. And it worked out pretty well as far as I, I mean, it did it did.
0: So what happened with the tornado night?
1: Oh, tornado. Sorry. So, so he was telling me while we were in the interview that the station had just had a fire that year prior, because one of the light uh, lightning struck one of the tr- one of the towers and uh, set the building on fire. So they were able to extinguish it, but they had to go get a new transmitter. And until the insurance or whatever rebuilt the radio station, they had to go and we they I guess they were originally sitting in a trailer, like an old tractor trailer trailer in the back. That was radio station until they got the building back. Oh, wow. So. The guy's office was just, it looked like the tornado hit his office. Uh, so he said, forgive me, because, you know, we're still, we're still cleaning up from our our fire. I'm like, huh? Fire? What? Oh, yeah, I let me strip the tower back there. Uh, and, and it wasn't too short after that. Here comes tornado season. Don't you think I was scared? <laughs> yeah. to your plank? I remember panicking. That was the first time I opened the mic on air. And you said, I swear I was on loop. In my brain, I was on loop, because I kept saying, yeah, uh, tornado's coming, and, and there's, it looks like it's within about five minutes or so, according to the radar, and uh, the safest place is a yeah, uh, basement, or if you don't have one, center, and uh, just be careful out there, uh, um, keep listening to us, and, and we'll be back. Play, play one song, do the same thing, I was, thing over again. I was scared poopless, because I I thought we were going to hit, struck by lightning. Wow. So I'd never dealt with. We talked about it in um, which episode was it that we talked about our tornado in Parker Dam?
0: Memories that was are, the school, school memories. School memories. Yeah.
1: So that was the only one, and it, to me, it, we we were on the wings, the outer wings of it when it happened. So it wasn't that big of a deal.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: When I find out I'm in Tornado Alley, I'm <laughs> okay. Here we are, and I have four lightning big lightning rods out in the backyard. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but uh, yikes.
1: It was all good. I I like working there. I, I left because new management bought it, and the new management uh, was – they were trying experiments. And then they turned and, and they'd set up a Saturday schedule all on automation and failed to tell me that they did that. <laughs> and I said, well, what am I here for? I mean, I've driven all the way out here to run the station, and I can't do it. So they called back and basically said, well – why don't you just uh, work on the the computers, hook up the computers like you said you might be able to do? I said, well, this is old equipment. I don't know if I can really do it. And uh, I literally wrote and wrote, I'm resigning. If you're going to take my hours, take my job, I'm resigning. Then they tried to turn around and blame me because they had dead air for two hours. They didn't. That was not me. That was They programmed it that way, so someone didn't program it right. Yikes. So, yeah, they tried to turn it around on me. That was the big thing there. Uh, that was my two big jobs in radio, QIX and WINU. We didn't have a, a car. I did uh, go on one remote with the guy, and the remote was not a remote. Took a tape recorder with him and a little m- microphone, and that was... <laughs>
0: And it brought the tape back, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's not a live remote, but it is remote. <laughs> yeah.
1: So for fun, you know the green screen that I put up on the uh uh-huh. the in the room? We had a green screen monocolor automation when we when we did have the old old rack mount system. There's Bob. I keep putting him up as a mural. Um, <laughs> to me that was his booth. I said it yeah. in the first jobs, that was his booth. And that's him for his Golden Oldies show that he does on Sunday mornings there. And there's his faders that we've talked about versus the, the round pots that we typically use.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: There it is. So we had this green screen up here. And this was our automation. This is, it was a schedule, just like we saw, we've seen on our little script we do. And that's how you knew to go f- advance forward or backward or if we were in time. And there were three buttons that sat right next to the far right cart machine. That's how you advanced it. But I took this just because it was green screen and small. Found a Apple, <laughs> new, could chess game on it.
0: <laughs> nice. So. Yeah, that was before I was there. It was all automation on the Digilink. Yeah. I think when I started there, so I didn't have to mess with any of those carts, and I just got to listen to the the FM station there and the AM and that little black speaker off to the right there by the turntables. And one thing I do remember about QIX and that satellite that they used, which was I think out of Texas. Yep. Was they had the opportunity at the top of the hour to play commercials right before the, the ID. And so you had to have a four minute block in there of commercials or you just kept on the network and play a song. So you knew that, and it was, the, the songs would be in rotation because they had to be exactly four minutes or close to four minutes to cover for the commercials if you weren't playing commercials there. So it it messed with me because at the top of the hour, they had like maybe a dozen songs, it seemed like, that would be there. So you knew what was what was like actually four minutes. Like, Don't Forget Me When I'm Gone by Glass Tiger. That was one. When that came on, I knew it was like four minutes to go to the top of the hour. (laughs) Because they needed a song that would fit in there. So these, I don't know, there's several of those. I won't go into the whole list that I have in my head of four-minute songs. The songs that I know are exactly four minutes just because they were going to fit in there. So... Right, That, that was uh, one of those quirky things from QIX that, that sticks out to me. And when I hear one of those songs on the radio, I'm like, oh, it's four minutes to the top of the hour. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I didn't realize I scanned these in. This is the picture of the studio, the wi
1: u studio. Okay. This is our Bloomberg set feed. This showed the weather. That's how I said that we were having tornadoes or whatever. This is also how I cheated uh, actually there's these these were the Bloomberg ones this is our radar this is how I cheated the boss would always come in and ask what's the score of the Bulls I don't know <laughs> well you're listening to the Bulls you're, you're running the spots I'm like exactly I'm running the spots I really don't care <laughs> H- how are you not listening uh, I tried to explain to him my radio ear concept he didn't like that so after a while I tried to just I could punch in and get the sports score be like 14-3 and, he, and he's listening to it, too. So he's just, just as, you know, kind of ignorant as I am. Walk in. What's the bulls? It's fourteen three. Oh, good game. Okay. Well, whatever. <laughs> this was our – I'll have to pop it up on the other one. This is our cue speaker on this one, on this board.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: On WCPA, we kept saying it was underneath the desk. And I tried to include it right there. I don't know if you can really make it out. But there was a cue speaker. That's about where it sat when we would – get something from Bob saying, Oh, throw me a 30, 60, whatever he wanted.
0: Let me go into um, a little bit of my memories from working in college. Okay. Yeah. I actually just found a picture of the station, at least the outside of the station. Um, I had a, a good friend of mine that was, he was a married student. He was the manager of the station, the student station. When I, Started college there. I went to Toccoa Falls College in Toccoa, Georgia, a small little school in the uh, northeast mountains there. And he was the uh, the station manager, and we've kept in touch over the years. Some uh, we both had a, a love for the '80s back then, and <laughs> so we've you know we've always been on the same kind of wavelength as far as music and everything goes. And uh, out of the blue. I got a uh, message from him on Facebook about the um, – he said he had something for me. He needed to send it to me. So he uh, – I gave him my address, and he just sent it to me, I think it was like two weeks ago. And uh, it's this. It's a stone. It's actual part of the building because they ripped it down. Oh, wow. <laughs> so the, uh, the station I worked at – the student station is no more they've uh I, I think they've removed the the broadcasting program altogether but uh i don't know if you can see that or not there's the side of the building where we had the call letters there it is yeah 89.7 fm so we were a non-commercial station and the uh i think it broadcasted maybe 5 miles i don't know it was barely into town and on the other side of town, um, we could pick it up. So it wasn't a, I don't even know how many wattage it was. <laughs> it wasn't 10,000, I know that much, or anything large. But it uh, it was part of a uh, building that we shared with the music department, because there was like a small place where they would perform, and you had like stadium seating. It was, I don't know, maybe 10 rows high. So it was it was just like a small little... Arena there, and then on the other side was this the station. So there was a small production room there, and then the actual studio itself. And there was one small little window that you could look outside basically where you walked into the building, so you could see people walking in and out. This is really all you had in there, it was almost like a dungeon, but it was fun. We and again, we were on the cusp of like the digital era, so we still got like I remember our professor making us cut and splice reel-to-reel tape. Like he read a passage out of the Bible and just put in a bunch of ums and ahs and, you know, screwed it up. And we (laughs) had to go back and patch it, you know, with the razor blade and tape and, oh, my gosh. So that was a fun project. And then we had another project where we had to pick a business in town and do a multi-track commercial for it. So you had – we had a – these tapes, they were about the size of, like, camcorder tapes. They were kind of smaller than an actual cassette. And you could, uh, the system we had, you could record, I think, up to eight tracks. So you could, you know, you had your voice on one track, and then you had some sound effects or something on another, and you had music on another, and you had to kind of marry them all together. And that was one project I remember doing. And then we were a 24-hour-a-day station, and for the overnights... We actually recorded like a six-hour block when we knew – because we did one-hour shifts basically throughout the day. And when we had six people lined up to do six hours, we actually recorded – it was on like a VHS
2: Mm -hmm. tape.
0: And we'd pop the tape in, record for six hours, and that was our overnight. So our automation was a VCR. (laughs) It worked and it worked yeah it did work so we still did not have a computer in the studio when i graduated there in 2000 and uh when i went back i think i went back for homecoming it was maybe a year or two after i graduated a lot had changed they had put a they had a, a actual computer screen in there and uh it was more the professional looking. <laughs> we had a wall of CDs behind us, and that was pretty much all we had. Um, if you guys are into Christian music, uh, I went to school with Aaron Schust, if you know him. Yeah. He, um What is the big song that he came out with? Uh, God. Um, anyway. The
1: old, old Choir.
0: No but anyway he he uh, I went to school with him and he actually cut his first CD in our production studio and we played one of the songs off of that in on the student station just for giggles really cuz since he you know was able to it was musically talented enough and and cut that CD we're like well we'll play some songs on there and uh so that was that's something that uh, I got a really uh, good kick out of But I mean, it was like a norm, it was like WCPA or anywhere else, but there's a bunch of quirks that that I kind of associate with that. Like we had a song, uh, a song from the group Whiteheart that was called the river will flow. And it was like five and a half minutes.
1: I have that song, I think.
0: and, And when you play that song, when we heard that song on the air, we knew somebody was taking a bathroom break. That was our, <laughs> The River Will Flow. That was our, our bathroom break song.
1: Nice. I have you White heart on that one. I have <laughs> Silhouette.
0: Silhouette, yeah, that was, uh, I think we had the greatest hits on that CD.
1: Aaron so, Schiff he played My Hope is in You,
0: My Savior, My God. My Savior, My God is was one of the ones that uh, I think he kind of went big with. But this was before those albums even hit. It was like his first demo album. So that was that's pretty uh, pretty cool tie in to to working at the WTXR. We we actually got our call letters when I was there. I think I was assistant manager at the time and we had applied for the the license or whatever and I don't know. We puzzled for years it seemed like over what we could do with TXR and our mascot was the Eagles. So we went with Eagle. We went we were Eagle 89. And that was thanks to our professor. He came up with that one. Let's just keep it simple and we'll use the mascot. So we were Eagle 89. I actually have some cuts. Let me go ahead and play some for you. Okay. From uh my college days, I've got a basically just a couple of transitions between songs and I do have one like uh music promo that I cut and played on the air. So here you go you can hear me uh... being mister dj at the college station playing the new stuff from your favorite christian artist We are the new eagle eighty nine that was israel with against the stream also heard in there was rebecca st james off her first cd It was called everything i do hope you're having a terrific saturday night i know i'm having a lot of fun giving you the best in christian contemporary music Let's keep it rolling now. Here is Sherry Keggy with her very latest. This is called The Love of God. You're listening to The New Eagle 89. So I feel like I was really rushing stuff back then. Here's another one. The New Eagle 89, Sokoa's music station, and the latest from Brian Duncan. Summing up what the weather's been the past couple of days, nothing but blue skies. Finally got a chance to wash my car for the first time in a while today. I did find out there was some blue underneath that brown. So, Also heard an there was the latest from Aaron O'Donnell. Be still and now. Well, a 32 minutes past 10 o'clock on your Saturday night. Right now here on the new Eagle 89, here's Al Denson, living in the light of your love, on the new Eagle 89.
1: Too uh... I guess breather gap, you know, as you're talking.
0: Yeah, it was real real quick. Here here okay, here's the final thing. This is the promo I did for the some of the music. When you want the latest contemporary Christian music, tune into the new Eagle
2: 89.
0: Jenny Varnado. These are
2: the characters. Duncan. There's still a plan I can't see after is
0: gone. Susan Ashton.
2: Hey, yeah,
0: yeah. The new Eagle 89, Tacoa's first choice for the latest contemporary Christian music. So there's the promo.
1: <laughs> the one I'm trying to punch it up real quick. The one sounds like you stole something from QYX. <laughs> Let me see if I can. Go I ahead. I think it's this. I think it's this one.
2: American made. Fairfield County's biggest hit.
1: WQYX. That's what that sounds like. That's the one I was thinking of.
0: Yeah, we had a. Uh... I think it was just a a couple CDs or something for effects and those were both pulled off of that CD. (laughs) And then I did the old, you know, echo or kind of distortion with the voice to, uh, you know, at the beginning of that, the beginning and ending of the promo, kind of full with the voice a little bit.
1: Well, if your viewers can see this, I don't, if he's not seen it, I don't think you are, but in the chance that you are. This is the station itself with three antennas, three of the four antennas in the back, and there I have a dre that's my green dog Dakota there in front. And these are just pictures rambling through of what the studio looked like. No kidding. Well, this is the production room. But no kidding the um There know. we
0: go. Did you see it? I uh, just a glimpse, yeah.
1: Oh now you
0: see. <laughs> yeah, now? Okay. I see it now, yeah. yeah that's
1: the transmitter. This is our transmitter, which was right down the hall. This is our production room. And this board changed a couple times. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Here's the other board. This is the board we originally had, then we switched out to that one. This is the new cleaned-up room, our rack that we had, which was, you could see, just junk.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the fourth tower I was trying to get with the three here.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And then my truck. You remember my Dr. Dakota. Oh, yeah. I still remember it. I missed that truck.
0: I got a picture of you with it at my dad's uh, trailer. Oh, okay. Somewhere. Oh, there's
1: Tiffany. (laughs) Oh, God, this. This is when she came to Clearfield, and that's the concert I didn't go to that I really wanted to do.
0: Here we go. I got one for you. In my – this was, uh, I think, in 1992, Huey Lewis came to the fair, and I went. So I got, like – (laughs) <laughs> I pulled out just clips from the newspaper. I actually got my ticket stub there. Actually, no, 95. August 4th of 1995. Nice.
1: Saw you, Lewis. So uh, I was saying about the one job. We, we were, we had a new – they updated our computer software, but not the hardware. Uh-huh. This software took a lot longer for it to, to work, our automation and whatever. And this is how all our commercials were played, liners, whatever. <laughs> the stupid thing stops right before I have to play a commercial. Froze up. Mm. Windows three point one, not even ninety five, it was three point one, <laughs> locked up on me. And I'm itching, I mean getting close to putting I don't think we even had a technical difficulties card. I think we had just like music. Getting ready to play it, and I I, I guess I was pissed off. I remember kicking the tower with my foot, and it played it right on cue. <laughs> nice. So, Ever since then, I've been using that method. It doesn't really work much, but, you know.
0: Yeah, why not?
1: But that's cool. been our discussion of radio. Is there anything else that
0: – Just uh, bouncing off uh, my experience there at the college station, it was fun being a manager, and we got to – we played contemporary music, like it. I was saying there in the the little demos that I had. So it was it was more or less just kind of soft stuff, adult contemporary. And while I was there, we were able to convince the uh well, first the professors and then the kind of managers or the uh, you know, directors of the college to let us play some hard stuff, like rock and roll type stuff and alternative and and you know, heavier music at night. And we started a show called The Crossroads, and me and uh, Jamie, my co-host, we would play some stuff that we weren't allowed to play to in the daytime. <laughs> so that was a that was a really fun. I, I would call it an accomplishment. You know, it sounds like something back in the fifties or something when rock and roll hit, and you know, people were scared to play stuff like yeah. that on the air that you offend people and all that, and. You know, it was all just kind of a student movement to be like, you're, you're censoring us, you know, and it's right here on the charts. Well, this, oh, this has got a little heavy guitar in the break. Don't want to play that during the day. Scare somebody, <laughs> you know, grandma listening to, you know, the stuff at home. Well, it wasn't them that was listening to our station. You know, it was, uh, mostly the students and right. the younger people, but anyway. So that was a neat little accomplishment there. And then we had the, uh, campers preview each year. They would bring in one of the bigger artists to perform. I got to interview Jackie Velasquez. She I was, like her. Yeah. I mean, she was, uh, I don't know, maybe, I, I don't even know if she was 20 years old at the time, but she just had just kind of broke on the scene. And was doing a concert there and they wanted her to come in and do an interview on the air. And I, I've got a tape of that somewhere. I wish I could find it. I've actually recorded the interview I had with her. And I don't know why I was chosen. I guess maybe it was, I, I was the manager and uh, everybody kind of pointed me to do it. Cause they didn't want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Was, purpose. Yeah. And it was weird. We would put like a little, uh, cover over that small little window (laughs) so people wouldn't, like, peek in or... They knew where the station was, so if they knew she was on the air. But we did replay it, I think, once or twice during the day before the concert. Uh, So that was fun. And then another time, Cademan's Call came to to do a concert at Campus Preview. And this was when I was a manager. Well, me and Jamie were co-managers then. And we had just got up, like, a fresh batch of T-shirts... And Frisbees with <laughs> our logo on there. It was weird because, okay, so we got to introduce the band. But before they came out, we were like, you know, touting ourselves in front of all these prospective students, you know, come come to Co Falls, you'll get to be on the radio and, and do this and that. And we were tossing Frisbees into the crowd. I remember trying to get them. We were in the gym building, the gym where they – had this concert, I remember trying to get the, a Frisbee to the, like way back to the stands, you know, from the stage and it like hitting the roof and go like shooting down towards people. <laughs> I was like, Ooh, that was sorry. you know. <laughs> but after the show, like after we introduced the band and after the concert, there was like students that came up to us and wanted our autographs on the Frisbee i was what? like, okay, I'm not like a rock star here. I'm not the one that was singing up there. I'm not Caden's call, but well, okay. So we, <laughs> we like were signing frisbees and everything. I mean, it was like we were on top of the world and, um, we would get free tickets to concerts that were nearby. We went to, uh, see Jars of Clay a couple of times, uh, in North Carolina and who did we see over in Clemson? We saw, Caveman's Call a couple more times. That's actually the first date I went on with my wife. Right. Just to a Caveman's a free uh, free ticket. Caveman's Call concert. Um, so it was fun. I don't know. That's that was like uh, something I, I I miss being a part of. Just the management side of it too, and you know, getting in the new songs and introducing them, and you know, even up until. My final year there, I wasn't manager anymore. We passed that along, and I still wanted to do a shift. I had to do a shift just to kind of keep everything fresh and just to be on the air so I think that was one of the the times when I was working the the later nights and uh like it was like I said there in the demo, but I still wanted to be on the air I still wanted to to kind of keep things fresh and going and miss it a lot now obviously but yeah you know this podcast and the uh, starting uh our podcast network i guess we'll say rediscover the 80s and mass cast and others that we've tried along the way it's just been a, an extension of that just trying to keep things fresh and you know being on the air and, and having that radio feel you know we're not a Playing music. We're not really doing news. We do our little, you know, <laughs> icebreaker being in this show. But I don't know. That's coming full circle after yeah. going through that experience 20 years ago. Uh, I do miss it and I do wish I was into it again. But
1: same here. That's my endeavor. I'm trying to, of course, start small, do podcasts like we've been doing. I'm trying to start my own podcast. But I want to build, I've shared this vision with you, I'd like to build a radio station for us as least expensive as possible for the moment. My envision, and maybe you guys can chime in and give your take, I'd like to do something like a streaming radio station, just like you'd hear a radio, AM, FM, whatever. You tune in, you might be getting halfway through the show. Uh, You don't know, but I'd like to do something along that line with maybe a website hanging on to it that says, hey, if you want to hear our show in its entirety, you know, click here or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I've thought about doing the hobby station in, in conjunction with that, which is been recently learning that they can do a part fifteen, which allows you to broadcast, I think it's two hundred feet. I know it doesn't sound like a lot by any means, but I am technically uh, have a transmitter out in the backyard, transmitting to the neighborhood, four or five houses, whatever. <laughs> But can do that for free without having to pay and register for a call letter, for a frequency, for X, Y, and Z. Basically, uh, the only thing I do have to look at and still research is uh, royalty licensing, because <laughs> if we, I play anything, someone could try to get me for that. All right. But I remember you working at the radio station. I remember a few times. I remember calling you, and looking back, I, I probably was just anxious because I wanted to be with – well, with you, we've always had a vision of being partnered broadcasting in some form or fashion. Of course, now we're doing a podcast, but doing that, and I was hoping you would reel me in as a call-in guest You know, every now and then, and I remember you put me on there, I think once or twice, just for fun, and that was it, but I remember listening to you back when streaming was probably in its infancy, and you were amazed that I figured out how to uh, listen to you off the streaming, mm-hmm. but uh, but yeah, it's like you said. We we try to keep fresh. The podcasting is the best and least expensive way we can do it at the moment, short of actually getting hired on at the local radio station and, and right. having our fun. Uh, but this gives us our freestyle in that respect. We can do. We can experiment, like we've done. We can start up Rankum Memory Jogger. Rediscovered. MassCast um, and whatever myriad of shows we put on here we can, that's the one thing I like about podcasting, we can do what we want hmm. and make a hundred shows if we want and have a different style to it, but I do miss the broadcasting as it were where you're sitting behind a board and you're having to play the commercials or the music or the the feed of whether it's just a, a, a talk show or the live actions of a sports show when you were, that was always when I was like, I think the most active is when I was doing a, a, a live sports show, whether it was NFL or, or Bob and Carl, that was fun to
0: just,
1: okay, yeah. okay, here I am. Okay. That was a good three hours. Yeah, I got it. You know,
0: <laughs> Yeah. I missed those days. It was fun. And, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Maybe we can make something happen someday. But uh, until then, you can listen to our memories.
1: <laughs> That's it. And this has been quite lengthy. I apologize to you guys, the listeners, especially that this is a little bit lengthy. This is part two yeah. of our basically our extension of the First Jobs podcast. But we have a heart. You can tell we have a heart for radio. We love WCPA. Yeah, I'm sure you can say you love WTXR as well. I would say i loved WINU until the new owners. That's probably the best way to put it. Uh but that for for that year that I was working with uh, the boss uh Jack Kohler man it was it was fun I got to help him. You know, I had 15 months of training and I got to help him smooth out his radio station and it was just fun to be able to 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 experience that as well. But uh yeah, this I think this rounds it out and we're going to be talking about our next memory jogger. i think we've already picked it out
0: yeah we've been talking about it back and forth and i've even alluded to it on uh, other shows since it's my turn to to pick but uh i want to get our memory boxes out and we're just going to pull random stuff out of our memory boxes and see what we can find see what little pieces of this and that that uh we can remember from high school or even beyond that uh, field trips I know I got some stuff out there that I brought back from field trips and stuff when I was a kid and just random stuff like that so we'll we'll try to keep it maybe in an hour once we hit an hour we'll <laughs> maybe do part 2 later if we've got more stuff cuz I know you've got several boxes I've got at least two boxes in a trunk <laughs> yeah. in the garage of just random Memory stuff from that's you know it. pictures and everything too, but little trinkets and that—that's what I want to get at. And just uh, we'll just do a, a a memory box show, yeah, and uh, see what we can find.
1: Yeah, I, I'm leaving my toy boxes out of it because that's that was I even though I've left my I have my toys like the Transformers and Voltron and all that. Mm-hmm. I, I that's not part of my memorabilia. I have other. I think I have about two there might be a third box that I have that are rememberably and it's trinkets, a lot of it's photos. I'm a photo hog. Uh that's the best way to remember things. At, at the time when i re- took all the pictures of WCPI, I didn't even think about didn't right. even fathom that we'd be doing this, you know? Um yeah. but I'm so glad that I did. I'm I still kick myself. I swear I didn't take a picture of uh the AM board because QAX was cooler, it was the FM I swear that's probably what I did. I I'm hoping I wasn't, but I think that's what I did. But um, yeah,
0: well, uh, we'll uh, we'll break those out and uh, see what we can find in there. I know I've got a collection of like old movie tickets that I've actually kept the stubs and wrote on there what movie I saw. So weird stuff like that. I know I've got, and we'll bring it uh, bring out a couple boxes and start just going through it and see what we can find and share. And, uh, that'll be our next show. That'll be number 15? 15. Wow. We're so good yeah, now. coming up on 15. Uh, I was thinking about the other day, it's the time to go uh, listen to the Halloween show again that we did. I haven't listened to that in a while. We might have to start, uh, promoing some of the older shows that we've already done before. And, uh, for, for people that haven't listened to those, you know, but, I, uh, I
1: It's been a little bit since I've gone through all of them i I was actually doing a whole cycle I mm-hmm. with meet the hosts and run it up, but I keep going back to the first jobs podcast i I think it's just more nostalgia and reminiscing about the days and then being able to talk with Bob. I think that's when that and the school days I think are for right now. I think those are my two <laughs> favorite episodes that we've done so far.
0: Oh my gosh, I listened to the game show one like I don't know probably at least a half a dozen times now.
1: Oh really? I've listened to it twice. I've listened to I I've,
0: I've, I've been on that one for a while, man. That was we were spot on with some of the stuff that we were coming up with on that one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean just off the cuff stuff. I was like, "Man, we did good on that one." So, I don't know. It's weird, you know, there's kind of two basic types of shows we do for this podcast. It's either our flat out memories of experiences we had and then other memories of like pop culture so we'll mix in like the halloween and the game shows and the uh first crushes we did and all that stuff and then we'll actually do the the school memories and the jobs and you know stuff that we actually experienced together so i don't know it's i think we got a good mix of shows in there where it's not just straight us trying to rack our brains over something but that we can focus on a topic like Halloween and say, okay, well, what do you remember as a kid from Halloween? And it's not necessarily our experiences together, but still it it pushes each other back and forth when we think of something.
1: Okay. Right,
0: so I, I like both of those types.
1: Yeah, we intentionally made this, like we said Meet the Host, it was we have a – kind of a timeline or an outline, but it's really loose. The The idea is just to generate a couple uh, ideas or something. The rest of it is truly off the cuff. There is no – I know you, you know you may not believe it, but there is no script. There's no nothing behind this. You know,
0: it's strictly memories, and yeah. it's just – A little out- outline. So, yeah, so we, – We do a little outline just to – so we, if there's something we do remember when we think about the topic, oh, I want to make sure I talk about that. We'll right. write down a you know a few notes, but it's it's just all it is a lot all from memory. So it's fun, man. It is. the time we end this thing? <laughs> this it marathon. is.
1: And like the last time, I'm not going to do my typical wrap. I'm going to have a little snips. But if you have any comments or suggestions or anything you want to add to the podcast. Please come out and find us on RediscoverThe80s.com. Tweet us on RD80s. Find us on Facebook. And like I joke, all the 21.1 gigawatt social media outlets that we have. But uh, this is awesome. Uh, Again, thank you once again for watching and listening to us here on Memory Jogger. And once again, enjoy a little bit of our clips.
0: American Made.
2: WQYX, WCPA AM, WQYX FM, Clearfield. When adverse weather sets in, Operation Snow Watch steps in. Johnny Holiday Sports from 900 CPA, the sports leader. is For the rest of the story. Good day.
0: Clearfield High School sports on WCPA Clearfield. Bubble devices on Community Involved News Talk nine hundred CPA.
2: NFL football on News Talk Sports nine hundred CPA. To your health. Thank you for being with us each week here on nine hundred CPA.
0: WCPA nine hundred CPA Sports presents Clearfield
2: High
1: School wrestling. I did want to add one more. This is one that Jason and I have done several times. We can still spout it off verbatim. I think we can do it.
2: Yep. What is ESPN Radio?
0: Yeah, ESPN Radio. That's like uh, monster trucks and tractor pulls on the radio, right?
2: Wrong. What, fitness shows? 1, 2, 3, 4, One, two, 3, four. You're way off. What is it, like gambling tips? Buffalo may win this game by double digits, Chuck. You are not correct, sir. ESPN is radio for the sports fans. We're not talking rotisserie leagues. We're talking action. And we're talking to names, big names from the big games, this and every weekend. Plus, our guys, Berman, Gammons, Byron town if it's happening in sports ESPN is there always live and always up to the minute with the latest news and scores so if you're looking for that and ben. look elsewhere pal this is sports radio from the guys that invented it. sports radio ESPN
1: and that concludes it <laughs> thank you again guys I hope you enjoyed it
0: thanks This has been a production of the Rediscover the 80s podcast. Visit rediscoverthe80s.com to find our show notes for this episode and others. Join us again next time for the Memory Jogger podcast.